Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the Internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Build Fighters and decided to reconquer the next real Gundam series. My name is Jeremy. Soon, we won't be able to take walks like this anymore. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. Today we are watching movie four of Reconquista in G, because I have a slightly sore throat and hate myself. <laughs> uh, what is Love Bomb? It's not Love Blooms on the Battlefield. That's what Otacon says. Uh, man, I just looked it up. It's like the, the love that can only exist in space or something. Love that cries out in battle. What do you guys think of this movie? I watched it like two weeks ago, because we were going to record two weeks ago, and I was going to have three weeks to edit this baby. So Patreon people, sorry it's late. <laughs> <laughs> Two of us got sick. Uh, I wasn't one of them. I thought it was it was way less good than the last one, and like the 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 places that they chose to spend the extra time on are not at all the places I wanted them to spend the extra time on. So I feel like there, there's a battle in this movie that isn't in the series, which I mean, it, is, it is. It's just way extended, and I think way better. But go on. Well, yeah. no, I was gonna say I actually think the battle works better here than it is than it does in the series. Manny flipping sides makes a lot more sense here than it does in the series when it occurs. But this movie also reinforced the whole Venus globe thing isn't just like, it's just there and gone. It's inconsequential as all hell. Well, now it's, it's like, just regular inconsequential. <laughs> it's it just being done. Like Kim and Becky, it's like, I'm a villain. I'm dead. You know, I feel You're like, like even- a duck at a target range, my dude. Holy shit. I feel like even in the movie version, he's just there and then he's dead. He gets like three more lines. Well, that's my point, is that the movie really emphasizes the fact that this guy pops up and is immediately knocked off the face of the of the show. Like, this movie, we go to and come back from Venus, Venus Globe, Globe in one go. Well, yeah, and that, that that's actually my problem with it, is like, I want more time with Lagoo. I want to know what the hell the politics of this place are. I want to know why Kia Mabeki is planning a an armed insurrection against Earth. Uh, like, I don't know. It just never gets explained. <laughs> Those are all things that will be explained, but boy, do I not want to tell you when or where. <laughs> At the very end like, of the next movie? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I will agree with Tyler. This is not nearly as good as the third movie, which I said when we watched it is my favorite of the G-Reco movies. I think it adds the best stuff and by far the most. But I do really like the battle scene at the end. We were talking about the photon torpedo scene last episode and how it just kind of is there and happens. And I love the version of in the movie, in contrast, where it's heightened and it feels like such a huge escalation. Well, it feels like a huge escalation. He's hitting both sides. Mm. Like, we see him hit yeah, sides At of least one grimoire goes down, right? Yeah. Um, you were talking about, I think it was Tyler mentioned, in the series, we don't see anybody die, which is not the case in the movie. That is true. <laughs> I think um, it was me that, that said that, but either way, if one of, whoever did say it, well, like, yeah, people, we see people die, we see Bellary, like, remove the pack, and like, in, in the show, it's like, oh no, I accidentally, ha- I thought I only had it on half power. In this movie, he's like, dear God, this is a fucking super weapon, I'm not using this. Here, you take it. And even the tension building up to it, we see him like fiddling with the trigger a lot more, and it feels like a huge impact when he pushes the button, and then it's a huge impact. That part they did a really good job of. Granted, I'm not as big of a fan of people, especially soldiers, chasing each other around on the battlefield, calling each other murderers, because it's like, dude, that's your job. (laughs) Like, you remember this, right? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like retail. People are always chasing me around, (laughs) calling me stalker boy. (laughs) 
Um. <laughs> yeah, but like that's your motivation. You murderer. We're soldiers. That you, that's that's kind of part of the job description. But it wasn't honorable combat. It was too effective combat. Honorable is whatever gets you home at night. Yeah, I'm learning Zack is just Don Quixote do Flamingo. So, <laughs> huh? he's a character in One Piece. One time he chops off a person's foot and goes, Justice will win, of course. Whoever wins gets to decide what justice is. <laughs> You're just Accurate. now figuring this out? I think the fight is the best part of this whole movie. Because, like, basically the first 75% is basically just lifted straight out of the TV show. There's a little bit more with Lagoo, and I think the Lagoo stuff plays better. But I think I only noticed that because I know what the deal is and I can compare it more one to one. Whereas you guys are like, is this anything? And you're looking for it to be something, which unfortunately they didn't make it yet. (laughs) But I do think what is here is better than the version in the TV show. It's just still not good enough. They did. There were a couple of scenes that they touched up that I quite liked. Like the uh, the G-Self coming out of the sea and it's got all like the kelp and stuff on it. As opposed to in the the original, it has no... Nothing? Yeah. (laughs) No kelp? No kelp. Is there anything else you want to say broadly? This is the movie that felt the longest to me. I think because there's like 40 minutes of new battle at the end, which is enjoyable, but it all is just like, oh man, this is still going, huh? I mean, kind of, especially because in the battle, most of the battle scene that we see is basically ring around the rosy of Mask. I was trying to remember his name, chasing Bellary around. I mean, you could basically insert the Benny Hill theme and you're probably accurate. <laughs> Oh, no, you got to hand it to him because he loses both of his hands. That's normal for whenever Mask fights <laughs> Bellary at this point. Is it? I feel like he just, like, normally gets beaten up. I don't feel like it loses his arms. Yeah, I feel like he gets kicked and then he goes flying and he turns into a little star. Oh, wait, that's Team Rocket. I'm thinking <laughs> of Team Rocket. All right, we are going to watch movie for Love That Cries Out. What did we decide this was called? Love Battle. <laughs> Love, <laughs> Love Battle. Hina. We're going to watch Love Hina because we hate ourselves. Uh, I haven't thought about that series in like 20 years. Love that cries out in battle. Love that cries out in battle. Alleged. Love Hina that cries out in... (laughs) Nope, not finishing that joke. (laughs) You can watch along on YouTube if you watched this a week ago. Uh, Otherwise, if you downloaded all of these from YouTube when they were on YouTube for a week, you can watch it. Or if for some strange reason they ended up on Crunchyroll. They didn't. They don't, but... I mean, there's always a weird possibility. Yeah, if you are Mandela affected from a universe <laughs> where it's on Crunchyroll, then you can watch it on Crunchyroll. Hey, we get the second opening, our favorite. I... Every time this opening plays, I'm disappointed in it. Anyway, we start with the Crescent ship going to Venus Globe. Remember when they were doing that? A million years ago. Yeah, we're back to the uh, running laps. Now with more sweat added to the girls. They do specifically have to keep that scene where Danielle tries to go into the women's bathroom. Very important for to to just show how bad his Alzheimer's is getting. <laughs> I'm sorry, the animation on that one dude that's like always there with the with the pistol makes Bert. me laugh. Why do we think Flaminia was on Toasanga? Spying? But for whom? Kiyomebeki. Both? <laughs> was she double spying? Well she was like spying for Kiyomebeki, and then she was like, okay, now I'm gonna go ahead and spy against the Guys, I'm spying on right now in order to send Raria to Earth. Like, I honestly don't know what well, the she, hell she's doing. She joined Toasanga's rebel faction because she was just so used to being part of a rebel faction back home. It reminded her of home. <laughs> 
I made lots of jokes about it when we were first watching. I actually get way more threesome vibes between Mariah, Bellary, and Naredo in the movies <laughs> than I do in the episodes because you have Manny and Ida talking behind their backs about, man, is there something going on between those three? It's like, yeah, she, Bellary and Naredo are, or Bellary and Mariah are really friendly since she got her memory back and can consent. <laughs> and there's also the scene in movie three where Bellary is freaking out about Ida being his sister and killing all those, not killing all those dudes. And Mariah and Naredo warm him up with their body heat. <laughs> I like how they fly up to check out the Aurora and man, I, Ida just leaves. <laughs> well, she doesn't have any boyfriends to cry about. Her boyfriend is dead. But Manny's like, Earth, I don't know which one it is. Where are you, Lewin? Is Barara treating you right? I hope not. <laughs> Something this movie I also made that weird. Because you don't get, I, I don't get Barara and, Ma- and Mask actually having anything through most of the series. Um, I kind of read it as Barara, like, she wants Mask to be an effective leader and she, like, she likes him for his ambition. And she was like, oh, but also he's like hung up on this girl and that's not very important. So like she loses respect for him almost. Well, like it's weird in this, in this ep or this movie. I mean, it'll come up later, but it's weird that she seems to be implying that she has something for mask when in the show it's like, nope. I I think it's supposed to be there. They just, I just think Tomino doesn't know how romance works <laughs> on account of he created Gundam and Gundam clearly doesn't know how romance works. <laughs> That might be tautological, but I think it checks out. It seems like he, uh, Bellary does have moments where he remembers, like, he, he's fine working with Ida and it's just rolling along. And then it's like, he has that memory of, oh shit. You're saying he has awkward teenage boners? Because that checks out. Yes. Is this new stuff for the introduction of these guys? Because I don't remember this scene. Of this all is them truncated. Because Chikara's doing pull ups when we first see him <laughs> in this scene originally. And they cut Chikara's pull ups. They catch a car's mobile suit pull-up bar. It shows up later. We still get it. Um, I just thought the original. I thought that was a new scene because I thought um, when we first see them all, they're in their machines. I was actually going to comment on how weird it is that they're just like floating around outside of their machines with no tethers or anything outside of the globe. Like, what are you guys doing? They're, they're, just- <laughs> they're comfortable in space. The first thing you do when you're comfortable somewhere is ignore all of the safety precautions. Again, I don't understand why you guys find this weird. This is just called being used to a dangerous situation. Why do you think accidents happen all the goddamn time? Why do you think people need those signs that say it has been this long since an accident? I mean, I was going to uh, disagree, but then I remembered when I was moving our warehouse and just climbing on stuff. Yeah. How many shelves have you climbed that say don't climb this shelf, but you're like, well, the thing's up there and I need it. And I don't, I'm not going to go get the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I just get the stairs. I don't know what to do. Alex is a safety officer. That was literally her job at Hazen for a while, so. Well, the thing is, when I, what I was doing, I'd have to move a table, move another table, move another table, and then bring the stairs over, or I could just climb up and grab the box I needed. You just say, don't step on the pallet while you step on the pallet. You're not going to get the pallet jack to move the pallet because you need to stock one box of chicken fingers. <laughs> Nobody got time for that, and we're paid by the hour. Be smarter than us. <laughs> so we still got the scene of them saying Ida's inherently wrong. I, the scene is thematically important because it's about being taught stuff and like expanding your worldview. I still think it's a good scene. The problem is that it doesn't address the fact that that's also true about Bellary and Naredo. They just get to be right. That like, is even inconsistent with the way Bellary 
talks to his mom later in the series and not this movie. It's also, um, the, the captain also would fall into that because he also backs up Bellary and Naredo. Yeah, well, uh, like... But, like, he's part of the same system as them. He, he's their CEO, basically, <laughs> If you when it comes down to it. Bellary's argument is, you should just go with the flow of nature and, like, what do you consider natural? I don't... Yeah, that, that's the problem, isn't it? See, this is the scene that I thought we initially got introduced to these guys in. With, you know, Chikar doing his pull-ups, her putting on lipstick... Very important to look your best when you're driving a mobile armor. You never know when it's going to explode for no reason, and you're going to be flung at the protagonist and be in a romance with them. <laughs> so you need the lipstick on to look your best for it. Well, she's got to have she's got to have a lipstick on to look her best for her commanding officer. Remember? Well, yeah, but like she's got not- that locket. Yeah, he, he doesn't have X-ray vision though. Are Lieutenant sure? Acura. What? Lieutenant Acura, like A- Commander Kia. <laughs> They do add a scene of Ida and Bellary kind of talking about whether or not Ida was taught. The problem is that it still doesn't address the fact that Bellary is just considered right by the series for no reason. Yeah, it would be nice if there was like evidence of any sort to back back it up. I just I honestly wish it was just th- that they agreed they had to meet in the middle because they were both pre-taught things. Right. Because that's the point of the scene. Not not inherently be like one or the other is just right. That's the meta point of going to Venus Globe, which Zach said at the start was pointless, is like they need to go to other places and see other viewpoints so they don't have these closed off views. And that's Ida's arc, which is why she's the one that's challenged. Again, though, Bellary and Naredo shouldn't be treated as right, because that's just demeaning to her. They literally joined a pirate ship of an enemy army. And I guess we kind of get that with Kind and Bellary talking about the economy, but the, even Bellary is like, nah, don't don't give me adult excuses like that. You don't have to fight just to have good economic policy. In fact, it's frequently bad for the economic policy of at least <laughs> one of the parties. I mean, although, again, every country that has been nuked has immediately experienced a post-nuke economic miracle. So. <laughs> Who's to say? Look, although if I remember correctly, Japan's, like, production capacity wasn't particularly hard hit through most of the war. Mostly because the island hopping campaign didn't really get at it. I mean, but it, they also didn't have a lot to begin with. Yeah, I was going put to them say, in a weird spot. I think that was severely hurt because of all their colonial production that they acquired. They didn't actually acquire very much. There wasn't actually a lot of colonial production in the in the uh, Pacific. Really? What about China and Korea, though? They actually didn't acquire a whole lot there. They were mostly fighting over it. Hmm. I did. What, what wasn't the wasn't there that whole thing where they beat the Chinese? Yeah, they didn't actually like finish the Chinese, though. That was the problem, is they spent a lot of their time fighting in there, which is why they actually started a fight with the U.S. Because we were saying, hey, stop fighting the Chinese. We're going to cut off your oil supply. And they were like... It's always the oil supply. Well, we're going to attack you because we can't win the war without that. And because it'll actually raise morale at home because they're sick of us fighting in China, but everybody wants to fight the states for a lot of reasons, but... (laughs) Have you seen the United States? Well, I mean, it was largely because of the unequal treaties that, you know, Commodore Perry forced on them when he showed up and was like, yo, we're going to trade with you and you're going to like it or we're going to blow holes in you. Open the country. Stop (laughs) having having it be closed. closed. (laughs) Ah, too bad Matthew Perry died. Maybe now we can heal our rift with Japan. Yeah, he was was named (laughs) Commodore Matthew Perry, wasn't he? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I make that joke all the time. Used to. R.I.P. in peace, Chandler. Uh, Anyway... Kia attacks the ship just like in the show. He, he, they've changed his gun to look like a real gun, which for some reason looks sillier to me than his fucking ray gun that he had <laughs> in the show. 
I didn't even notice that change, but you're right. That is an actual ass gun. It actually does make a little bit less sense to have like an actual slug throwing firearm in space. I think it's just like all of G Reco, like we talked about the setting, right? And like how they have these weird chickens. Everything in G Reco looks Miyazaki. So he just has a nine millimeter and it's just like, where did you get that? It's not from this anime. An Uzi nine millimeter. They do have an extended scene of basically Bellry and Naredo starting to float off into space yeah, and being gra- caught by Chikara. The minor menace of gravity. I guess this is a minor menace of physics, but... I do like the group veneer action. Uh, that's from the series, too, it but is, it is yeah. very funny. This, like, cheerleader veneer... Oh, man, now I want space cheerleaders. <laughs> it is also... I, I actually also really like that scene because of all the different colors and types of like spacesuits that they've got going on yeah it's like we talked about with their mobile suits looking so eclectic they look like a ragtag team which most gundam series are but they really do a good job of visualizing that in g reco well because a lot of them that i can think of yeah it's like a ragtag team but most of them it's like here's the ragtag team they all have gundams you say you're a ragtag team of teenagers the lot the uniforms are in the locker and flay is like i get a girl uniform So, something that I, I've been wondering is, wouldn't Flaminia have known that, like, did she help develop the G-Self, so wouldn't she have known? She's part of that faction, but I don't know if she ever did any developing, right? She's a doctor? I well, think not that kind of doctor. What the I, hell do the other two do? No, they developed the G-Self, is <laughs> what I assume. Well, I think it's implied that she helped develop the G-Self, but the code that prevented anybody but Roraya and the two siblings from piloting the G-Self was something they added but didn't tell anybody about. Because that's what it sounded like uh, when they met up with them initially when they talked about that particular system. So Flaminia might not have known that was added to the software of the machine. That's fair. I just kind of assumed that she was privy to that or would have figured it out at some point. What a weird thing to do, though. She might have also not thought that it was as like complete a lockout. It could have been a situation where it's like, okay, yeah, if we just flip a few switches and get into the code and carry Yamato this, we can fix it. She thought they could hotwire it. And we could just skip this part because Bill Rory doesn't remember it. <laughs> the lack of an episode ending does hurt the transition of Bellry getting stabbed to what goes on next. It's very harsh, but I don't know what I would have done instead. Uh, so Kia explains that he was hired to murder a bunch of Earthnoids because you can't trust them in the colony. But not by the government, by a third party. Which I think is something he's making up. Maybe he hired himself. My headcanon, this is a shell company situation. (laughs) Kiyama Becky has paid himself to go kill these guys. I guess not kill, but deal with. Because he's willing to negotiate with them. He wants to see the cool G-self. I can also see the Durrett fleet having had contact with them. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think... Like, because talking to Toasange is a taboo, right? And the Durrett fleet seems like they're the very orthodox... I did like the scene that I think they added of them actually, like, picking up and taking the G-Self. Because I think we, in the series, we kind of just jumped into, yeah, they've got it. We got to go steal it back now. I mean, it's across an episode transition, so it doesn't feel weird. So I did want to pause on this scene um, if we we hop back just a little bit. Specifically, Raya up up (laughs) there on the monitor with frog eyes. She's just frozen there. (laughs) It's quite good. Look, Bellary has passed out. She's very worried about it. Bellary's awake again, though. Oh, well. Bellary's awake again. She's very worried about it. No, the monitor just froze. That was from when Bellary was passed out and she was very worried about it, but then the monitor froze and now Bellary is talking to her and all that. Uh, no, that's just uh, old man Danielle's screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> it's just confused Raya. It's a picture taken from before her memories came back. 
<laughs> choo choo me. Whatever happened to choo choo me? Well, I, I think, huh? She was thrown to to Naredo, and Naredo put her in a closet. <laughs> I think Naredo has had her. That's a good point. I hadn't actually thought about what happened to Raya's fish. He died. He went to a nice farm upstate in Venus Globe. <laughs> Onto the sea desk. Yeah. They have a huge ocean there, Tyler. Chuchimi can swim as much as he wants. <laughs> you know, mostly because Curbs' been in every one of these scenes. He seems to be teleporting around the bridge. <laughs> He's just very energetic. He's very Genki. I do love Kiyo Mabeki's very Roranora Zoro plan to just use the G-Self as a sword to <laughs> beat the... He's just going to beat mobile suits with a mobile suit like he's a super strength character in a superhero <laughs> series. Anyway, again, the plan is that Ida's going to go straight for Lagoo, by which we mean she's going to get in a grimoire, do nothing, get given the G-Arcane, do some support fire, come back, go to the colony, see a cool ocean, and then meet Lagoo. <laughs> straight there. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200 G arcanes. Bellry will bring out the arcane's full performance in the five minutes he has it to fly over to where they have the G cell. He flicks two people. That's his full performance. That's the most we've seen it do in the show. I mean, the the whole, the, this Capital Guard war cry thing still is a little weird to me, especially because, you know, a bunch of these people are, Amer- uh, at least three of them are Americans. And a bunch of them are from Toasong. A bunch of them are from the moon. Do they even have cheerleaders on the moon? Two of them are from the moon. Three people are from Ameria. And then there's only two of them that are actually, like, from the Capitol Guard doing this. Well, you but see, everybody seems really excited to do Curbs it. Curbs is just so genki. I, the, I mean, the way Clem Nick, a genius, convinced them to cr- declare war on it, the Capitol, is to get their cheer technology that they were monopolizing and hoarding. <laughs> so the Amerians have all, always really wanted to do this. I mean, it's, it's weird. I do like that they do it because it does have that feeling of like yes this is a disparate group of weirdos but they're all on the same side and they're all unifying behind this one idea so manny cock blocks narrator with a helmet the ridiculous bombs are still here even though the fantasy ray guns are not we do still have the water bombs which is not as funny because of the pacing of the movie but but um, well, i mean it them being here also still makes more sense because like the whole point of these things was that they're a bluff more than an actual threat. And I think it's also the show that, like they said about the Toa Songans, the people in Venus Globe are so unfamiliar with these tactics that they fully uh, fall for this bluff, right? Mm-hmm. Despite the ridiculousness of just putting water balloons on their head <laughs> and being like, those are bombs! I kind of wish we got, in addition to Lagoo, some characters on the side of the TAM police, because I think that would make the civil war between them and the GIT Corps feel more real and meaningful the way we have the direct fleet and the gavin team and all of them in toasanga because like the Wait. tam police show up and they start fighting the git cores but Just, there's not really are you arguing for more factions there no are... he's <laughs> no he's arguing for a person on the faction of the g of the of the 10 police i'm saying no factionalization without representation <laughs> <laughs> I think Lagoo is supposed to be that but since he's not actively involved in the fight yeah, and also, is he, he appears- a vampire? Is he a zombie? Is he a skeleton man? Is everyone on uh, Venus Globe skeleton mans? I know the answer to this question, but do you? I, I, I mean, think some people are. Maybe, but that would also make a few of the things that we see on there weird. Well, we know some people are not. There's that guy who rescues his wife from the G-Self. Which was his ma in the TV show? I think they just have a family and he just calls her Ma. I don't know. 
I guess uh, Bellary does shield charge somebody with the arcane. And gives Flaminia the finger peck of doom. I, I do still love him shaking the guy out of the cockpit, though. Poor Yan. He barely has a name. Is Rickon Gizu just, like, a common word in it, this universe? It, it seems to be. <laughs> it just, whenever you, you reconquer Earth, that's, that's Rickon Gista. In G. Minor. Rickon Gista in G major is when you take over Mars. <laughs> <laughs> when the moon's in the sky. You've made this exact joke before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I feel like you could have actually, like, brought the G-self closer to the arcane details uh well then gravity can't be a mild menace he failed his uh gravity check for this round <laughs> so so it becomes a minor menace that is a very elastic wire on the cockpit oh no i like jeremy's um idea that just like all mobile suit cockpits should just have one of those it just seems useful yeah it seems useful also uh i think the movie does a better job at making making it obvious why raya can get caught by the grod is because she's like distracted by Bellary being an idiot um <laughs> whereas in the show i feel like she had plenty of time to like see and react to that instead of uh, in the movie here where she's looking at Bellary like who the hell are you apologizing to Rariah still gets to be a badass though in i feel like slower motion but maybe i'm imagining that i just love how many random mobile suits are just floating around the megafauna these days yeah i really like this portion of the series for that like when they start stealing all the suits from the git lab they like feel way more uniform in gundam but here like i've we've talked about all of the different factions mobile suits feel so different so you have the wrecked snow next to the Toasangan mobile suits next to the amerian ones with a gundam just in the middle and it's a real cool eclectic batch whereas it feels after like an this... RPG where they all took different features on their mobile suits. <laughs> Whereas after this one, we get, you know, they've got a bunch of the GIT core suits and like the G Lucifer, which is just a Gundam. Yeah. The G Rack. I'm not really sure how you're supposed to say that. I think it's the, I think it's G Rack, but they don't have that one for very long anyway. I still consider Manny part of the team. Is Mask part of the team? Well, he might be eventually. I don't know. Is this going to end in a persona and they all have to fight God together? <laughs> Lugu was evil the whole time. The fish offer is also more awkward in the movie because it's not the start of an episode. And it was already pretty awkward in the series. It's just like, fish? Now, the GM rolled for a random encounter and got fish. So I guess... <laughs> Man, his, his random encounter tarot deck is getting a little too abstract. No, he just misinterpreted the, the, the Tau card. Yeah, with there. I really do want a tarot deck just for doing readings for tabletop RPGs. <laughs> I've done it digitally before. It works well. At the beginning of a scenario. No, a like, lot of times it's like, I'm not sure what to do. I'll just like draw some tarot. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. Huh. It's like I a die roll, but it's more it's more abstract and more open to interpretation. So they're less likely to be like, and then 1d4 demon shows up. It's, it's the devil. It can be like, okay, that just represents control. So someone tries to take control in this situation. And it's 1d4 demons. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Jeremy is usually the DM and I'm not. That's, that's way too clever for me. I, I mean, I just like Persona. I just, find a, <laughs> I, I just find a stat block and that's just all of my enemies now have that stat block. So I don't have to worry about anything else. Everyone does that. Oh, so I've already passed step one. I actually don't do that, but I should. It would make my life so much easier. Like, I don't begrudge people who do that is I guess what I should have whispered. But while we've been talking about random things, Kim, Abeki, and Bellary have been fighting. Look, like you said, the first half of this movie is exactly the same. And the second half of the movie will have a lot more play-by-play to, play to do. For now, though, Venus Globe. Hey, I, remember how Ida was going straight to Lagoo? That means going to help Bellary via sniper fire and being useless because she's a girl in a Gundam series. 
Oh, she's a girl yeah, in a... Raraya and Manny are not girls in a Gundam series. They're they're girls in a real series. And you know they're um this one's what like ten years too soon for girl or in your, Gundam are, series are, are to you be the main character. This series is G Wish minus fourteen. If that's what you're asking, that's what I was asking. So G Wish minus thirteen. Never mind. Zoro stabs a hole in the ocean. And then he blames it on Bellary. Oh, man. How cool is it going to be in One Piece if Luffy gets caught in the ocean at some point and Zoro is so good at swords, he just slices the ocean in two? <laughs> well, actually, that's one of the things that I actually think is kind of interesting about this one is that he doesn't actually blame Bellary for he, cutting he, a hole in the ocean because he starts saying, I cut a hole in the ocean. He does kind of blame him for like, oh, he put me in a situation where I cut a hole in the ocean. But I... You guys have been down on Kiyo Mabeki, which I get, but I actually like him as a character, as brief as we get him. He comes off as like this charismatic revolutionary leader who we see at kind of his lowest point. Well, it's just, it's it's more of a problem of he is attached to the Venus globe, which really feels tacked on. I was going to say half-baked. but Yeah, I think it's more half-baked than tacked on, because it's like, it's Toa Sanga 2, Toa Harder, which I kind of like. In that onion, it goes even deeper sort of way. There's like a, it's Toasanga's Toasanga, but we don't spend quite enough time on Toasanga. It's the problem with all of G-Reco, right? Of we just move along to the next thing. That's mm-hmm. the pace of it. Which, like I said at the start, if you adjust the G-Reco's pace, I think it works. But it's difficult to do that. I think his, like, attempt to plug the hole after cutting a hole in the ocean is, um, I think it's extended. For Kia Mabeki here, like I feel like this part's a little extended. I think it's just because water is very difficult to animate and it looks very <laughs> cool. So I think they just took their time animating a bunch of the water coming out on them. Well, like with the, with, with the um, like the debris falling on the on yeah. his mobile suit. I don't remember that from the series. But that that happens in the shot. episode. I, re- I remember him catching a piece and being like, "That was a weird thing to do." Nani migratory birds. But he says, I did something terrible because of them. Like, he's not saying they did it. It's their fault. He's saying it's my fault because of them. But <laughs> I I know why I did it, but it's still my fault. Yeah, and that's why I like Kia so much, I think, is that, like, he immediately takes a sort of responsibility, but it's also like, okay, we super have to kill them so this doesn't happen anymore. He has punched a hole through his wall because there was a fly there and been like, we must destroy all flies so this <laughs> never happens again. Also, I need to go to Home Depot and fix this. It is my responsibility. <laughs> and in order to kill Which, all flies, I would pick up a giant blow dryer. I mean, I definitely like that I that that part of his character. Like, I like him as, like, I like the idea of Kia. He just is, like I said, as a as a... Duck at a target range. He pops up, we knock him down, and then it's done. I wish we got to see more of his charisma, because I actually do like how, in hindsight, he becomes a martyr and becomes kind of a stronger leader from it, but I wish we had seen him, like, drawing people to his side. Wish we got to see why Kunsun thought he was so hot. And why so many people were willing to follow him. I think we do get an answer to that just way too late and in the wrong spot. That seems to be a lot of g Reco's problems. Yeah. It's a day late and a dollar short with its explanations for things. Well, it's just so many things don't get explained and that's fine. But then you get used to things not getting explained. So you just assume they won't, which is like fair as a you've got to either give it trust, which it doesn't deserve, or you have to just (laughs) accept things. And both are kind of wrong, depending on when you what you apply it to. But you can't get a rhythm for it because G-Reco is so inconsistent at what it wants to explore versus what it wants to move on from. 
I was attempting to explain my frustrations with this show to a coworker today, and like the end result is I don't recommend it, but it is interesting to talk about because it's a wild take on attempting to convey a story. It's not telling a story, it's conveying a story. But it's, it's not that unique or wild, right? It's not memento. No. It's not novel in the way it tells a story. It's just strange. Mostly just strange. And in a lot of places, at least to me, it still feels kind of scattergun with its approach. It doesn't want to focus on things that typically get focused on, which I think is intentional and thoughtful, but not necessarily good. <laughs> well, I feel like they're doing it intentionally. Like, I, they, they know why they're doing it. But they're only just... they know why. <laughs> My kingdom for an hour-long interview with Gennar Obochi about why he likes this show. Rosenthal, like, doesn't appear that much more abruptly in the movie than in the series, but he's so JoJo's that hit no introduction at all is not enough. <laughs> um, I did notice that his uh, machine spinny hands matches hair. <laughs> I wonder if that's an intentional character design. And we get the scene of the G-Self scaring a person. And this is one we were talking about before with the all like the seaweed and whatnot falling off of it. Now it's covered with kelp. Yep. It's fine to use civilian shield some of the time, but you shouldn't do it all the time. <laughs> There's a time and a place for civilian shields. I mean, it's not like they're your civilians. You can use them as shields if they don't want to shoot their own people. Well, we've seen he tried to use the ocean, the space ocean as a shield, and we saw how well that went for him, so <laughs> Zakia's like, I'm just gonna use this thing to barbecue Bellary. I do feel like the Conch de Venus gets a little bit more build up so that we at least see that like it gets any sort of setup. Like I said, the Ro Rosenthal comes out of nowhere introduction-wise because he's so much of a character, but I do think they spend more time like explaining what the GIT Corps' plan is so that everything feels more like it's in its place when Rosenthal goes to attack Bellary and they're charging up the Conch de Venus. I think there's just a better sense of place because of it, which is one of the things we complained about in the fight in the series. I like Bellary's reasoning of, I fought in a real ocean before, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you, and hey, therefore I win. Hey, remember that time Amuro Ray punched the Char like six times in the new Gundam? If you've ever played a Gundam video game, you do, and I'm going to do that. <laughs> I do rather like the fact that he is just punching it with the offhand that isn't carrying his gun. Again, it's exactly what Amuro does to the Sazabi right before he defeats Char. I think Amuro might throw his gun away so he can grab it with his other hand, but <laughs> I don't recall. It has been a while since I've seen Char's counterattack. A better movie than this. Ho ho ho! Merry Mobile Suits, everyone! Uh, hi, and thanks for listening to our recap of G-Reco Movie 4, the one that's slightly better than watching all the episodes, as opposed to G-Reco Movie 3, which is much better than watching all the episodes. Uh, you thought you could get away without a mid-spot, but you can't. Um, if I've timed this correctly, this goes out Christmas Day in my time zone, and therefore a lot of our listeners' time zones. So however you may be celebrating the darkness at the dead of winter, or I guess the height of summer, depending on which hemisphere you're in. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm not going to do a plug this week. You you already know all the things. But if you are listening to this the day of, please do drop into our Discord just in the general channel and just uh, join in on the merry wishing because I'm sure Zach will have started it sometime early in the morning. <laughs> That's it. Uh, let's go back and revisit Ida's recurring terrors and actually get a really nicely animated fight scene at the end of the movie okay 
I don't know if this is in the show, but I do like how uh, Naredo picks up a random cat. She does. After, well, I, I know she has the cat in the show. There's just like a horde of animals running by. She's just like, I choose this one. <laughs> no, I think I think it's in the show too. It's really funny because later on she like gives it to one of like the random mechanics that they that they attack. Not the Zagaki. And it's big armor. And it's hentai arms. <laughs> no, my hentai arms. <laughs> they were his treasure. <laughs> ah, One Piece is just hentai. <laughs> There's no porn in the One Piece world, and the world government has it suppressed. I don't like how much sense I can make of this theory. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this started out very much a joke, and now I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it also explains the smile on Goldie Rogers' face. Yeah, um. and they all laughed when they got there. <laughs> oh, and Odin didn't write it in his journal for his four-year-old son. Also, Venus Globe just knows how Gundam jacking works so well. Like, oh, not some, some protagonists got in our base. All our Gundams are theirs now. What you gonna do? I, feel I guess like I got in, this cat. In this particular case, like, this is just some random mechanic, and these people showed up and said, hey, freeze, and it's like, okay, well, it's just a couple of girls, we can fight them, and then they see the, uh, the, wreck, the snow. wreck snow just rolling along by, and it's like, oh, shit, that guy's looking for them. They've got heavy firepower, and then the door opens, and then there's three more mobiles who's just standing there. Yeah, and I guess all their pilots are over the ocean fighting Bellary. Yeah, so it's not so much, oh, well, I guess we lost, it's, yeah... What am I going to do? Yeah. Use this cat to wail on that mobile suit? Yeah, Bellary is 1v5-ing while his, the rest of his team is destroying the Nexus in the back. <laughs> it seems weird to me that Kia just out of nowhere is like, i got to plug the hole. I was going to microwave this kid, but I'm going to plug the hole well, now. I think it's a matter of he's going to microwave Bellary, and then as they get over the hole, he's like, oh shit, it's getting bigger, it's getting worse. I have to stop this now before okay, it gets that's fair. Uh, you know, out of hand. Bonk. <laughs> no, don't sacrifice yourself. I have to. I get a, I get advantage if, on the roll if I do, and I can't f- afford to fail. <laughs> bonk. Kuhn <laughs> is just the master of comedic bonks. <laughs> I do once more love the flashing lights on the Ten Police's polygits. Is that what they're called? Polygamies. <laughs> Polyandries. That's why they're the Ten I, Police. I think they're the polygits, but I do like the fact that they have the, the red flashing lights. Well, there are the cops. <laughs> Pull over. You're under arrest for inciting insurrection? Oh, wait. It didn't last more than four hours. You're free to go. <laughs> That's a political joke. If you don't get it, I envy you. <laughs> I wish I was you. <laughs> anyway, Naredo did a Gundam jacking. Manny did a Gundam jacking. Naredo's just hitching a ride. Naredo did it. Manny's just driving. Manny, She called Manny the Uber driver to help her with her Gundam jacking. <laughs> You know, adding in the G. Lucifer makes them even look even more eclectic. Yeah, just the G. Lucifer, yeah. But once, like, Curbs is in a G.I.T. machine and the G-Rack is there, they all start to look a bit homogenous. And, like, you take out the Toasangan suits. The G.I.T. machines still belong to Venus Globe, right? Like, do they just say, Possession okay, Possession yeah. is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, they got Gundam jacked. What are you going to do? I think they, <laughs> they went with the uh, age-old motto of uh, Finders Keepers and what are you going to do to take it from me? Yeah, and also, what is Lagoo? Is Lagoo going to take it from them? Lagoo does not like the GIT Corps. The GIT Corps are not in any position to send repo men on account of they're fucking off to Earth. (laughs) Also, we already saw the GIT Corps use those similar machines in order to wipe out the 10 police as they were going. You really think he wants to pick a fight with the, uh, the Megafauna's crew at that point who are carrying machines that beat the GIT Corps and the GIT core stuff. 
Man, why didn't Iron Blooded Orphans have any repo men trying to get mobile suits from <laughs> Tekadon? That would have been great. A couple of episodes where they're dealing with a I bunch guess, of repo men trying to get the, uh, what is it, the, uh, I'm drawing a I guess they blank. took all their loans from the Middle Eastern y- Yakuza, so. <laughs> oh, so they didn't need to worry about any guys showing up for the Barbatos? That's the name of the mobile suit. Yeah, they just had to worry about all their girlfriends getting killed. So they kept the weird Rose scene and they changed the dialogue. And it still doesn't make any sense. See, that's the Rose of Hermes. It still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is the Rose of Hermes. It's a rose on a space station. Anyway, a wild Laguz assistant appeared. She used comedic relief. It's not very effective. The entire time I'm thinking that she's also in like a skeleton suit and she's just really bad at manipulating <laughs> hers, which ah. is why she constantly trips and stuff. I mean, it stuff. makes some sense, but then like it doesn't really track with her hitting her head. Well, her head isn't in a skeleton suit. When she goes to stand back up. Well, she just, she like, you know, puts the actuators up. They go up too fast. Bonk. It's, it's like she's on a cherry picker and she doesn't understand how fast she's going up. <laughs> and then bonk. But she's not as good as comedic bonks as Kun Sin, so. <laughs> ah, the delicacy of space fish. Look, that's what they were offered. They, they were indeed promised fish. And if Persona has taught me anything, it's that sushi is the grandest meal you can have. <laughs> Well, hey, like, we get an added scene of the uh, goose assistant falling over, being like, "War, war is coming. War was beginning. War were declared. Somebody probably set us up the bomb. Maybe. No, those are just water balloons. I love Manny and Mariah just being behind her with ice cream. And she's like, "Anyway, I need to explain what the full moon ship is because we didn't do that. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but some people might be in the cheap seats. It's a new model of the crescent ship." And Lagu's like, oh man, you guys all better hurry. Uh, but we haven't done all my scenes from the anime yet, so don't hurry that fast. Ida, you need to see my weird bodysuit. It's very important. Bellary's like carrying around like the weird hat thing she has. Well, yeah, it's because Luke. she dropped it. Kind of like when your friend leaves his copy of Chrono Trigger at your house and you never see him again. It's not like this is my copy of Chrono Trigger now, but it is your copy of Chrono Trigger now. <laughs> See, we have horse statues kicking away old-timey vices. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> Look at all this random art we've collected. It's important. It's Look a, it's at sad Im- skeleton over there. <laughs> it represents sad skeletons. It's important. You know, we were all like, we got to move because shit's going down because war were declared. But we've got enough time for us to go through and look at the art museum. Look at this, my favorite piece, an escalator. It doesn't go with any of the decorum, <laughs> so it must be an art piece. That's the only explanation. We also have an airport people mover. Anyway, let me explain what we're doing with the Venus globe, since we forgot to do that in the series. Uh, we're making a giant sphere of batteries, so when Earth's resources run out, we can have a bunch of batteries. I guess they charge each other? And if the sun runs out, we could tow the Earth to a new sun. Earth is basically just a spaceship. The UN said so one time. <laughs> but it might require two to three Venus globes. Venus's globe? There's still time before the Earth cools completely. They're not that uh, far in the future either, so like I don't know why they're ca- like. It seems a little ambitious. I mean, sure, but ev- like I don't think humanity will get this far. But if we do, it would be a good thing to do, right? Oh yeah, no, I'm not arguing with it. He's like, well, we still like have ten or twenty thousand years. I'm like, that's plenty of time. Also, I'm pretty sure that colony drops take a hundred years off the lifespan of the planet or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's it's like one of those anime transformations that has no tangible downside, but you are going to die earlier, right? But because the series isn't going to last that long, it doesn't matter. Exactly. 
But they're like, oh, we're already pretty far in the future. I don't, we still don't know if we're before or after turn A, but we might be the last Gundam series. So, you know. Yeah, they got a call from Captain Alzheimer's like, hey, everybody back to the ship. We have to leave. But Ida, you stay there because you have more scenes with Lagoon we still haven't gotten to. I can't explain over the radio, mostly because I forgot what it is. But I know you all need to get back here. I like how the captain of the full moon ship doesn't get a name. He just introduces himself as the captain of the full moon ship. Do any captains get names? That's in this a series? good point. I don't <laughs> think they do. You're right, Danielle does. But all of them just have a more important character next to them doing all the work and being a character. Hey, we do know one other captain, Captain Clem Nick. Yeah, but he's not like like he's acting. He's not a captain. spaceship captain. Yeah, he he's got mustachey guy for that. <laughs> and Commander Keo is supposed to be that to this guy, but Commander Keo is dead. So I guess, is it Flaminia now? <laughs> no, she's just there. She's the ship's doctor spy. I'm like, these are two important roles in Crusader Kings. <laughs> master of Health and Master of Whispers. Captain, Commander Kia is crying. He's like a martyr or something. Is he alive? No, he is dead. In a tragic twist of fate, all of the random nameless minions who were on the Cocta Venus survived, and he perished. <laughs> See, what they didn't actually tell us is underneath his like, pilot suit, he was wearing a red shirt. Because Kunsun likes that. It makes you seem so expendable. <laughs> anyway, they put the full moon ship into full decoration form. They turn on its rainbow lights. I just, why did they even install those? I'm so confused. To intimidate the Earth people. See, in a way, it would make a certain amount of sense to me because with like the Minovsky particle thing, they could be used as signals to the pilots. Okay, that makes sense. Or it's that. A- would, why you would need different colors because different color combinations. And, you know, location on the ship could tell people different things. That's a good ad cannon. I was going to say photon battery reaction. Like I those mean, are words that mean something. Like just, The AT field is at 90%. We do get to see Naredo trying and failing to pilot the G-Rack. It is an awkward cut, though. because It, it is goes super straight from, awkward. Because I think this is the beginning of an episode, right? Yeah. And it I goes think... straight from full moon ship launching to Naredo's well, antics. If, if I remember right, the full moon ship launching is before the opening. And then we get the opening, and then right after that, it's Naredo's antics. You are incorrect, because this scene always has openings in the front, but it is something like that. It might be, like, after an eye catch, actually. Meanwhile, at President Legu's Palace of Exposition... <sighs> the movie makes this so weird, because it, it's got the hurry-up-and-wait thing with the people on the... with, with all the pilots, because it's like, you have to get back here because things are happening. Okay, well, now we're going to stop so we can go through the art gallery. Hey, we need you all to get back here. Okay, we're going to all go back there, but Ida's going to be here having dinner. It's so weird because we don't need the extra tension, right? We could just have the, like, hurry up and wait after the dinner scene. I guess not hurry up and wait, the hurry up after yeah. the dinner scene. And we could even have, like, oh, hey, the full moon ship is launching. You, we want everyone on standby, but Ida, you have important stuff, so you can hang out with Lagoo still. That would have been fine. But the fact that they're, like, twice, like, everybody assemble, except Ida. It's just very weird and awkward. Yeah, the like I said, the, the hurry up and wait is so weird with this. And just because of Krumple or Krumple Rosita. Krumple Shifty? <laughs> Krumple Shifty. Colonel Klumpa Shifty. Or Ida's like, it's just because of his opinions that you're doing this. And he's like, well, have you seen the body suits? And we're like, it seems like kind of a non sequitur to me. I like, I think he's supposed to be implying that uh, the Colonel did this because he thinks humanity is growing weak in space. And Lagu is like, well, here's evidence of that. Yeah, I like I kind of want to say what's up because when it finally was like, this is what's up, I'm like, oh, that makes so much click into place. Why didn't you tell me that before? I do love how oversized his boots are for his legs. Not 
an emaciated man. And in an episode after that. And then we get an added people scene mover scene of them on a people mover, yes. But he he's got his like bodysuit back on. So. Well he's in public now. You wouldn't want to not wear your bodysuit in public. It's a shame that they have all these beaches and these people probably just don't go out on these beaches because of that. Anyway, Bellary and Curbs come to pick up Ida from the people mover. They're like, okay, time to go back to Earth where there's gonna be a big forty minute battle. No Bellary's mom though. Only Tyler liked that scene. <laughs> She's kind of in there. Yeah, but the but Bellary... the, them going and talking to her. Yeah. But we do make sure to get the scene of uh, Ida declaring herself to be a healthy human woman. And Naredo on the scale. Oh, also we get the Tosangan guys stealing these GIT suits for some reason and be like, what if we sold these to Ameria? Wouldn't that benefit our <laughs> needs and desires somehow? Well, I'm just thinking that maybe they retire. Uh, he wants a form of resistance force. I guess I these are like the Toasongan rebels, and I guess if it's just the two of them, I guess they would need backup. And I guess, you know, they, it's like, we want to form a resistance force using the assistance of Ameria so that we can take over Toasonga. I mean, Ameria and the direct fleet are enemies, so. We still got the awkward kitchen scene. Yeah, like Ida cutting up way too much onions. I just want to cry right now. I saw an emaciated guy. And I'm healthy. <laughs> and my brother wants to fuck me, okay? That's a lot going on. I've got a lot of my also war, I guess. You know, it doesn't make any more sense now, but why are they sleeping on, like, the floor of the Crescent ship? The megafauna needs to be cleaned by the maids today. <laughs> They're uh, fumigating for bed bugs, space bugs. I believe they added in a scene of Belry and Ida talking again. Yeah. Yep. Soon they won't be able to go on spacewalks like this. Yeah, so Be- Bellary's, like, unable to sleep and sees Ida, like, slowly drifting around the Crescent ship until we get a scene of her, like, going into, like, a view bay pod thing. Oh, you know what? Of course they had to have added this scene. The animation on all the, like, floating around is much better than most we usually get, so it had to be added for this. Also, Ida is just wearing the most Jane Austen nightgown <laughs> for this. She's like, mutation is how people adapt to space, but man, I'm having a hard time changing. I guess I'm set in my ways. That's what Bellary told me, I guess. I'm just going to float about it. But secret Bellary is... <laughs> well, Bellary's like, I'm really glad you weren't just sleepwalking. <laughs> but they catch the uh, full moon ship. And we get a little bit of extra dialogue about how the full moon ship was like kind of a vanity project and no one thought it was like a functional ship. They thought it was just a church. All of the ships kind of have to be that to some degree, right? The Kobayashi Maru, which one day I will learn the name of. I won't. (laughs) The Kashiba Mikoshi? Yeah. And the Crescent ship also kind of have that feel, right? Yep. But as opposed to previously where it was just like in in the show where they showed up and it was just like one big Mexican standoff, we're actually getting a brawl. Yeah, we actually get a bunch of exposition about what everybody did and where they all are. So we, we can get to one giant fight. That's going to take 40 minutes. Like, yeah, the Capital Army's here, and they are their goal is this, but the direct fleet is here. And and the Capital Army is currently holding one space, and Klimnik's trying to retake it. The Kobayashi Maru. And also the Pope's there. They have a Pope hostage. And I was like, we can mediate and have them make peace. And Daniel's like, uh, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, you can totally make peace with all of them. Just blow all their forces out of the water first. Uh, if only you had four t- photon torpedoes. <laughs> Envoys of peace. 
I like the uh, the Capital Tower is hailing the full moon ship. And they're like, where did you come from? And they're like, oh, well, j- just say that we came from Toasanga or something. It's fine. No one cares. How do they get all this information ahead of time? Who's feeding it to them? Uh, they just plugged into the space internet when they got here. <laughs> they're equipped with space Wi-Fi. See, I wouldn't have a problem with them having all this information. My problem is more a matter of like them knowing all the proper nouns. Flaminia. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because, like, the IFF codes would still be being received by their systems. And with Flaminia there, which I'd actually kind of forgotten, telling them who is who, like, it's not like the information would be hard to find. Because they would just have, like, here's what, where everybody is. Because of the IFF codes. Watch out for 3D Dorito. I do like how Narrator's like, I'm navigating the G-Lucifer, and Ryan's like, it's really big, so it helps. I'm just making her feel better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Manny gets the G-Rack all to herself. Uh, we also established that some GIT Corps members joined the Megafauna to make them more eclectic. I believe they're 10 police. They are. I said GIT, didn't I? Yes. I just meant some people from Venus Globe and said GIT Corps. Again, we need representation for this faction instead of, oh, that's Bob and Bob and Bob. They have polygamy. We don't need the, uh, the what's it called from Sea Destiny, the, the Murasame pilots that are just like one blob of dudes. I mean, we have that. It's Lewin and Oliver. <laughs> they're not as cute. Well, I mean, they have names, too. Like, they're actual the, the characters. The girls had names. No, I One was of talking, them was Jury. I was talking about Sea Destiny. Oh, okay. Where the Murasame pilots are just, like, a blob of guys. Gotcha. Okay. I was thinking of the Astray girls, and then I was thinking of the Dom girl and the Dom pirates, who I'm pretty sure have names, but I don't know them, so does anybody? I believe you did know them, because I think you mentioned them to Tyler at one point. Like, you will not believe what these characters' names are. I can believe I, I believe that. that, yes. Uh, also, the movie wants to make a liar of me by having Ida take off in her transformed form. So we see it for another half second. I totally missed that. It's half a second. I remembered it, and I was like, hey, Jeremy said this was only <laughs> this only happened once, and are they going to actually, nope, not use it. I do like how you still get a very eclectic look on the megafauna with like the G loose first standing on one side, the G rack, the, uh, the G rack is enormous. We get a lot of better shots of the Kobayashi Maru, and we get shots of Ameria occupying it, or I guess leaving, or I'm not Ameria of the Capital Army saving them. We see their ship outside, the Space Gronadon, and Master's like, "Hey Pope, uh, you should go back to the Capital, the Tower, and then I can dissolve the Capital Army." And Master's like, "Well." Some bullshit showed up from Venus Globe, and it's probably not on our side, so. But then Barara's like, hey, shit's happening. And Master's like, oh, are you scared? And she's like, I have too much bravado for that. But anyway, why isn't Becker here? I mean, I know the wiki says he's dead, but he's not, <laughs> so that's not an excuse. Uh, we do get to see a baffling number of Kate sets a- starting a bun- to put up barriers. A bunch of them are balloons, we actually see, if you look at them closely, which is a detail I really like. That's actually pretty good. It fooled me, and I'm watching this show. Bellarine's mom shows up to be like, oh man, I was in this scene in the show, but now I just get to complain. Blah. And, like, she punches a door open and then falls through it? It's it's a little funny. It is a little funny. It's just weird that it's there. And then she gets thrown in that door. <laughs> that she already fell through. Remember, Becker, don't fire the fuck-off cannon at the holy ship. And he's like, that's fine. I just need to make mask indebted to me for See? a lifetime. Balloons. Yeah. Balloons. They're being towed. I'm not sure how you didn't realize that one wasn't a balloon. I, ju- I guess I just wasn't paying much attention during that part, but it is obviously a balloon. I love whenever balloons are in Gundam. Not enough. It's actually a really cool detail. So I, I, I do like 
Clem Nick and Mick Jack's plan of just use explosions to rush the Kobayashi Maru. And the Hecate has beam barrier funnels because it didn't have enough cool shit already. Um, I mean, we already know that Mick Jack is piloting one of the coolest mobile suits and one of the coolest pilots. So I guess it makes sense. Meanwhile, Barara's laying down a barrage. Destroying a bunch of balloon grimoires. Which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, like Jeremy said, I I actually really like balloon decoys. I would just fall for them all the time. They're surprisingly effective. We know. (laughs) But Klimnik is using the Kobayashi Maru as a shield, a very genius plan. And so Mask is like, okay, Pope, you stay here. I guess I have to go join the battle or something. I guess I gotta go earn my pay. He saved the Pope. Is he being paid? Presumably, military wages, right? And photon batteries. He gets one quarter of a photon battery. <laughs> I love Naredo navigating the G-Lucifer with her, like, Wii U controller. But for whatever reason, to me, it looks like she's just got a map. Yeah, well, like, I She's just got a big, like, road map. We that's see her that's what's on different... the Wii U controller. It's just the map. <laughs> no, we see her in another shot where she's, like, trying to fold the map back up, but we all know no one can fold one of those fuckers. Um, I was going to say, it's a, also a touchscreen, so she can equip her hookshot very easily from that. We also have a very cool shot of Bellary with the photon torpedoes talking about how powerful they are and talking them up. And we see that he's got like a cover on the switch that he sort of plays with when he's considering if he's going to have to use them. I really like the detail of that switch because it's, it's very cool for it to have like the safety lockout. Well, and especially knowing what, what they do later, like it makes sense. That oh dear there. God. <laughs> yes. It makes so much sense. I mean, those fuckers are powerful enough. You would want like a key or something like that, or maybe two people. Yeah, Naredo should be with him instead of Uriah. The Pope is cowering and like, man, I really hope they don't just decide to blow up this holy ship and with me on it. I mean, like, it makes sense. Like, it's not like the guy has a lot of experience being at the epicenter of a battle. I think he's just not used to explosions being this close. Like, he's been confident up to this moment. But the lowly Becker team is doing some work against Clem Nick. Aren't they dead? According to Wikipedia, he's dead. But he's not. <laughs> and then the main characters show up. And they're like, hey, stop shooting so close to the Kobayashi Mikoshi. Who told you to have a beam battle here? And Clem Nick's like, oh, my dad. <laughs> he's all like, oh, have a big fight near the holy ship. So here we are. Oh, by the way, your dad's here. And that is like, well, make him surrender or something. And their excuse is, oh, the Capital Army is too wily, too rowdy. Well, that's after Ringo is like, hey, are you guys the one that made this worse? And he's like, oh, yeah, we brought the fucking Moon Fleet here, Mr. Direct Fleet guy. And then Jack's like, Ida, you suck. You can't do anything. And she's like, no, I'm I'm totally going to like analyze data and give everyone advantage on their roles and stuff. For real. I'm helping. Also, space in front of us is dangerous. Look at all those lasers. I mean, Manny's getting pelted in the G-Rack. Has she already split off from them at this point? No. No, she's still with them because she's calling to Ida to maintain the plan. She's also, like, she's getting pelted, but she has, like, force field arms. Yeah, it seems like the G-Rack is just, like, one big shield. So Ida's like, hey, uh, the stuff in front of us with Becker and all them, that's the most dangerous. Becker is clearly the biggest threat here. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not like Mask or any of his other people have deployed yet, so. Mask is deploying. He's like, what? The G-Self? I better go deal with that. Also, the Garandin is running away. We we got a brief clip of the captain. The well, Garandin. it's not running away. It's it's leaving the Kobayashi Maru's airspace. So Ida's like, I'll shoot towards them. That'll help. And Mariah's like, butt cannons, fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an R-type. Okay. And Manny's about to add to the bombardment where she sees the Garandin and is like, that's my boyfriend ship. 
I could just leave. <laughs> and so she does. And Bellary's like, all right, it's time for war. It's time for war. Photon torpedoes. Uh, then we get the most horrifying scene in Rikungi Stingy. <laughs> yeah, Bellary just like massacres a bunch of people. Like, it's the same thing as in the series, but it's so much more detailed, like the slowly dissolving, and we see all these pilots dying like we talked about at the start. And Mick Jack is like, whoa, that's a little extra, man. Well, and like Mick Jack, or not Mick Jack, Klimnik is also like, what the fuck is that? We also see like a grimoire gets knocked out in it. And we, we, we see, see like, a couple one guy whose like mobile suit has been completely disintegrated, but like he got out. And so Bellary is absolutely horrified. And, like, we don't see all of it, but we see multiple grimoires disabled. That also got caught in the fire. And some Jahanams and some Katesits. Yeah, everyone's pretty sh- shaken by this. Especially Becker, who is on the receiving end, but still not dead. <laughs> I mean, I would be horrified, too, because they basically just wiped out the entire fight. Yeah, I was going to say on the uh, Rattle Python, they're like, what the fuck just happened? There was a fight over there? <laughs> they just vanished. So we get some nice devil shots of the G-Self while Bellary is still freaking out. I like, like he has to, like, catch the hand that pulled the trigger. Um, I, I don't know. I really like the way his face is animated while he's having to freak out like this. Uh, it's so much better than in the series. Well, because it actually makes more sense. Because he also, like, immediately starts trying to disay Like, he disengages the backpack. And Kirby's like, is there a malfunction? And Ida's like, what's wrong, Bellary? And she, she's like, um... Good guy, Raraya's like, better grab this perfect backpack. We need it later for continuity reasons. (laughs) We also don't want to let somebody run away with this super weapon. And speaking of running away, Manny has disappeared in the confusion, which even though I kind of like the light signal bit from the TV show, I think this works way better as for Manny leaving than her just being like, my people need me (laughs) in the series. And like, they're too busy in battle to really deal with it because the fight is still going on, even though Bellary wiped out one force because it's such a clusterfuck. There are way more forces. And Mask is like, hey, um, did you see that G-Self just annihilate an entire division? Because I think we need to go deal with that. I have a T-Pose model of it. Look at it asserting dominance. Apparently, the G-Lucifer can also attach the perfect backpack. It makes sense, actually. I, I feel like any of the G-Series should be able to. Universal Standard. So Mask goes after the newly lacking backpack G-Self. And Barara's like, hey, that's our main character in an emotional situation. Don't get yourself killed, Mask. Also, and- the correct term, Zach, is a lack pack. <laughs> that's a Mario enemy, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so Mask gets Bellary's gun. And is chasing him around in a very end of Shard's counterattack matter. This is very similar to the chase around Axis between Amaro and Char. Uh- While, uh... Barara and Mask are yelling at Bellary, calling him a murderer. You did murder um, too I just good. think he's pretty effective. Bellary he hides- just needs to know friendly fire is a problem. Yeah, details. Bellary hides behind a balloon that the Kishiba M- Mikoshi put up um, to escape them for a second. And he's like, well, I got beam sabers still. I guess I'll have to deal with that. Got to Manny who's like, man, I really want to get him board Mask's ship. Don't we all? <laughs> Meanwhile, Becker is just like, is this seriously everybody? This is all we have left? Damned photon torpedoes are strong. Luckily for Manny, the captain of the Grotodon says, hey, don't shoot her. If she explodes, we might also explode. And I don't want to explode today. I do actually kind of like how like, we see Lewin and Oliver have gotten separated. So they're like, where the hell are we? Well, there's Clem Nick over there. So fighting Becker, of all people. 
Poor Becker. He's no match for a genius. And somehow he survives this fight. By his lieutenant being like, hey, let's leave. <laughs> it's just not worth it at this point. Uh, meanwhile, Mask is ballerinaing around in his Mac knife around the space station, chasing Bellary with Barara. It's real nice animation of Bellary just running before he finally decides to go into dual-wheeled beam saber modes and counterattack. Uh, and somehow slashes up the GR Kane, which is here. He gets the GR Kane's gun, which is random. The G Lucifer also shows up to support him. He gets some really dramatic in cockpit shots of both of them. <laughs> so you saw the Pope and his Pope tank top. Uh, so Manny yells at the captain of the Granadon, Why aren't you helping my boyfriend? And they're like, um, We have logistical issues. Mask and Valerie have a pretty cool beam saber fight because they can't use beam weapons so near the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, but Valerie <laughs> loves his dominance by a kick. I love how like they're going in with the two. Both of them are like dual wielding beam sabers, and Belry just kicks Mask in the face. It's such a cool shot. And then the animation really kicks up. Everything suddenly gets yeah. like these really blocky outlines. They go Sagara as fuck for a moment. Yep. As Belry gets one of Mask's hands and then continues to lead him on. Uh, you know, the chase. And then just slices his arm, like, down the middle. It's such a cool shot. You so rarely see it. And kicks him again. Uh, anyway, we find out that Bellary knows Mask is Lewin because he yells his name as he starts to go for the kill blow. But then Manny gets in the way. And he's like, no, my boyfriend. Hug. <laughs> Suddenly the soccer girl kicks off. Yeah, because there's a girl here. You can't draw a girl good. <laughs> I like how Manny just like, G-Rock away! <laughs> Like, you can't kill my boyfriend. He's like, he was chasing me and calling me a murderer. I did not chase him. <laughs> it was fucking terrifying. And Barara's like, bye. <laughs> I was here too. And she's like, oh, it'd be so easy to kill him here. But I would also kill the Kobayashi Maru, so. I think you're overestimating yourself, Barara. I'm pretty sure if you picked a fight with the G-Self right there, you'd have been put in an early grave. Especially because as we see, there are uh, Belry's assistants are coming. Nida's like, hey, um, there's no physical damage to Bellary's Gundam, but there's got to be a lot of emotional damage, so I'll leave that to you, his girlfriends. Go, like, <laughs> cuddle him or something. I don't know. I really don't want to think about it. And Nida's like, also, I have to call my dad and tell him about the new space battleship that just dropped. Ringo, you, uh, you stay here and keep an eye on things. And Manny's like, hey, Mask, I need to give you a lot of exposition, but that can wait until after we make out, right? And Barara's like, bzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> stupid ex-girlfriend bringing back a cool mobile suit from Venus. How am I supposed to compete with that? I don't have any mobile suits of the goddess of love. No conks or anything. So Ida's like, here, so you're, let me write you a speech, Dad. And he's like, okay. Um, this is a lot of proper nouns. And she's like, there are a lot of factions. You get used to it. <laughs> and Curb's like, what the hell am I doing? And then on the Space Goronodon, we get basically the same scene from the anime. It's a little extended, because we see all of the damage to uh, Mask's mobile suit. And we also have to see Manny coming in. And I'm pretty sure we cut the surprise of awe. She got that on account of he knows. I do like the implication. Barara just took off her helmet, and it's got the same bunny ears that she wears. Yeah, And the implication them. that her bunny ears slide into the helmet somehow. <laughs> it's like the Afro helmet that, what's, that uh, Alex, Alex Smith, Smith has. Yeah. Just good helmet technology. Mask is like, this sure is a cool mobile suit. What? It contains one Manny? You didn't have, like, cool bros there? And she's like, no, I practice hard. I'm like Naredo. And then it's like, ah, oh, that's pretty hot. You can be the ambassador to my heart. Bro, I was like, I guess I'll do stretches and try very hard to ignore this. 
I mean, that was the shot from the from the show, so... The context just feels different. Naredo and Raraya give Bellary mandatory cuddling to improve his confidence. And Bellary's like, I'm fine, why are you... But uh, Bellary was apparently worried if Amaria took over the uh, Kobayashi Maru, but now because of uh, the full moon ship being around, things are too fucky for that. And Bellary's like, ah, it's going to be able to make it back to Teosanga like we all want, but that'll take a week. And the, okay, the full moon ship is like in orbit, so like we should go deal with that. Bellary actually gets complimented by Klim, which he's taken aback by. And he's like, good job you too, Lieutenant. And he's like, oh, I'm a captain now. Fuck off. <laughs> and commanding a battalion, which I'm reasonably sure is usually commanded by a colonel at least. And they have General Gushin, and below him is Captain Klim uh, Nick, so who else are you going to give it to? Also, he's the president's son. We get more exposition about where everybody is, which will probably end up really handy when we start watching episodes again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, man, I hope nobody teams up. That would be very Zeta Gundam of them, and that didn't end well for anyone. Ended okay for Bright, I guess. <laughs> but I was like, well, Manny left. As we're kind of setting everything up for... Yeah, setting up all the factions, what they're up to, where the conflicts are going to be. Lots of they're over there, they might team up with them. Don't forget the direct fleet. They weren't part of that giant battle, so they probably have all their strength left. The full moon ship probably has some cool new mobile suits. Also, the capital army used to be the capital guard. Well, the full moon ship is, like, talking about how it might be a bad idea to form a new army because that didn't work out well in Zeta Gundam. (laughs) And we got just this very long ending, which I don't think would be bad in the series, but is a weird way to end a movie. And that's the end of the movie. My problem with that last, like minute and a half as I've been watching a lot of Hunter Hunter and it was just the Hunter Hunting Hunter Hunter and Son. Whereas like Gone has entered combat with the space to Red Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I like the battle. I think this movie's pretty good. I think it's way better than the version in the series. But like we said at the start, it's not as good as movie three. I mean I like the battle quite a bit like like Jeremy. My main issue with this one is it really kind of brought home the fact that the grudge match between Bellary and Mask doesn't really make sense. I think it makes more sense in this than it does in the series because Mask is reacting to the photon torpedoes and kind of freaking out. I am using some kind of future knowledge, but I feel like, oh man, I can't let that happen again is more motivation than he's had before. My problem mostly is that, like, while that battle added some important context to what the hell actually happened in the last episode that we watched, it is not where I wanted more exposition. I wanted to know what the hell was going on in Venus Globe, and I got nothing. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Yeah, the the series seems particularly bad about explaining what's going on about fairly important locations. I know. It was a cool battle, though, and I like seeing all the factions arrange against each other. Um, I I am interested to see what happens in the last three we only have three episodes left of this. I think we have... Let me check. I think we I have think four. it's four. Is it four? Okay. I think the last one we watched was 21, and I think there's 25. We watched 22, but there are 26. So yeah, so there's four of them left. Okay. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Oh, man. Uh, well, I think I'm going to take the easy one, and it's just Bellary's reaction in the movie uh, to firing the photon torpedoes versus in the show. That is very good yeah no it's it's way better animated it adds a lot more emotional context i do like it as you said that they were like got to get this backpack for continuity reasons uh, well i love the fact that he drops the backpack because in the series he's like oh that looked like it was a problem i might not want to do that again yeah no like in the episode he was basically like oh wow that was big i uh, i thought i only fired it at half power and he's like not really phased at all zach 
Uh, I think mine is going to be Bellary versus Mask. It's is where they put all the good drawings. Yes, it is. It's also just very well done. Like as much as I'm, as they say, like their conflict doesn't make as much sense to me. Like for a full fledged grudge match as other series that do stuff like that, it still works really well here. You guys take the really good ones. I'm gonna take adding Clem Nick and Mick Jack to that last battle because I've missed them and they really add an extra dynamic to it. I feel like, and even Becker, who I haven't missed as much, really adds an extra feeling. It feels like even all of the sub factions are in this battle. And as we said, they're not even all there. The direct fleet isn't there. And they're like, hey, Tan Police, you stay on the ship and don't do anything. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Um, I think it's we all need to go back to the megafauna for no particular reason, except you, Ida. <laughs> Except for this one particular moment where we have to go talk about in the art museum. And then we all have to go back, except for you, Ida. Well, like, even then, Danielle's like, I can't explain over the phone. And then they go back, and then the next scene we see, it's Naredo badly flying the G-Rack. Like, sure was urgent, wasn't it, Danielle? Maybe he had, a like, a, a nightmare and just decided <laughs> to call them. Zach? I think most of mine comes from the fact that, like, the first 70% of the movie is literally just recycling the show like they didn't add anything to the vast majority of it yeah they added a few scenes but the vast majority of it like they didn't add any additional context for the venus globe they didn't add any additional things to reinforce who kia is like why do people care about him why are people following him like they did no extra homework there they're just like okay we're just gonna dump 40 minutes of a big old battle when they get back because venus globe we're just reinforcing it because we did nothing here. Doesn't matter. And it really feels like it should, right? Like It does. It's a really interesting thing that, the, the, like, Jeremy called it the Toasanga's Toasanga. Uh, I feel like they should have explored it more. And I feel like mostly what was happening is that they realized that the show was wrapping up soon and they had wasted all of their time early on. What's your low point, Jeremy? I'm going to say, like, the redo of the scene between Ida and Lagoo. It just doesn't add as much as you want it to add. Or it's he's like, like the biggest failure of expectation to me. Or he's like, "Are you? have you ever seen the, the body suits? Like I said, it is better than in the series. I think they did improve it, but they didn't improve it in the ways they needed to. Yeah, I was going to say, there's also that little like denouement to that scene where they're on the like human mover uh, just afterwards that was added to the movie, which, like you said, helps. Just not enough. And not really in the way they kind of needed to. Any other final thoughts on this movie? I think it's a pretty fun watch, but I don't. I would probably say, yeah, watch this over the corresponding episodes, right? Yeah. No, yeah. No, no objection. Because there. the part they improved, they improved it dramatically. And like I said, they basically didn't change the preceding. So yeah. the preceding parts up to that point, you're fine. You don't need to be watching those because you're getting them here. But then you get the big brawl that doesn't happen in the series. You lose a little bit of the Miyazaki, like, all oh, the Wonders of Space stuff, but there's still a little bit of that in this anyway, with like, ah, oh, Lewin, which star are you on? Well, and uh, Ida's added scene where she's like in the viewing pod thing. Her and Bellary? Like, yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of that. Anything else you want to say about it? This one is pretty good if you can find it, as opposed to watching the uh, the episodes. Granted, the episodes are easier to get your hands on and you know, most of the areas, so... Yeah, like like in an ideal world, I would definitely say start watching at movie three. So Watch far. the series up to movie three and yeah. then switch over to the movies. That's fair. All right, we will be back ne next week with episode 23 of Recogista NG, The Sound of a New Type. I know what that sound is. <laughs> I was... 
I was trying to think of what the sound actually was to do that exact same thing, Jeremy. Oh uh, yeah, I think just swing. <laughs>